Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Hey, y'all. Good to see you. You guys fill the room up nicely. You just need another church. I can't believe that we missed getting into your building by one Sunday. Like, what, how, how did we end up here this Sunday, you know? I know. It was supposed to be that. It's supposed to be next Sunday, this Sunday. So, it's not. So, but I heard. It really matters how you leave. Okay? And so, that's, that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. We're leaving right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to shut the door right before we open the door. Amen? Amen. All right. So good. Well, I have no idea what time it is. And uh, you pointing to somewhere? Okay. Just, uh, not that it matters, but um, I just wanted to say I, I don't know what time it is. So... But it's not, right? Okay, I just, I, because I'm looking where everybody's pointing. Nope. Nope. But uh, I'm not trying to be difficult. But uh, that doesn't help either. I can't see it. I can see that. Just stay right there. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I won't take too long. Um, as I think about what we're ending and beginning and, and, and really I, I think a lot about where we, where we are in the world today because it's such a unique time. I, you know, I feel like this, this is going to be one of those times in history where they write about forever and and, and scary movies are made of it. And, you know, and, and, and people just keep talking about what happened in this, this epic time of history. It's, um, it's, it's not a little deal. I mean, if, 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 you could, uh, if you could write World War III on this time, and, and yet it's, a, it's like a war never fought before. That, that's, that's where we're standing in. I'm not even going to try to spiritualize it. Because there's enough spirit war going on that every believer should recognize that this is a world war we're in. And obviously, there's you know there's not planes and bombs and bullets that we could point to and go, look at that, that's a war. No, no, this is a war. There's there's powers at work, you know, and it's and it's it's a scary time. 
for a lot of folks. So when I think about, you know, talking to you, I, I really want to be sure that what I impart to you equips you for your, your spot in this time and not just about what we're doing moving from building to building. Because you represent all over the city, you represent quite possibly the only encounter that somebody's going to have with love, with life, with hope, with joy, with peace in this time. Because it is tough to find that stuff right now. It's on some ship out in the... (laughs) The supply line for that stuff is really bogged down right now. Joy ship, a hope ship, a love ship. I, I want to talk to you about being the body of Christ, not cardboard. I want to talk to you about being the body. The body. There's, there's one. You know, the, the accuser of the brethren who accuses day and night. I mean, when the accuser's doing his job, it's more than just accusation. He, he's living up to his name. I mean, the, the, the Greek word for Accuser, capital A, A, is categoros. Where we get the word categories. So the divider, the destroyer, the accuser of the brethren literally is categorizing people and then scaring them of each other. That's the, that's the function of the Antichrist spirit. The Antichrist spirit's job is to divide people into little fractions and then arrange the fractions to feel more powerful than other fractions to protect themselves from the threat of the fractions that they're afraid of. Does this make sense? The spirit of Christ is literally a spirit of integration. Body, soul, and spirit to integrate human beings into one, one body. There's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. There is no race. Yeah. 
I mean, in Paul's day, for somebody to say there's no Jew nor Gentile was enough to lose your foreskin over. <laughs> Can you imagine being the guy that got to, you know, one of the New Testament churches, you know, and, uh, and the guy stands up and says, there's no reason to be circumcised. And the guy says, what? Because he just got it yesterday. <laughs> this is a big deal. In, in Paul's day, race was everything. If you, if you weren't a Jew, you weren't, you weren't really a human being. You were just... You were a cattle, livestock, to be used for profit. You're goyim. You're nothing. Second class. And Paul is saying, there's no race. And then he says, there's no slave nor free. How's a big deal when you are a people owner to be compared to your own slaves as equal? See, Christianity did that. Christianity ended slavery. And there's neither male nor female. Now, they're trying to do that now, but in a different way. He's saying, there's none of that. There's none of that. Because we're all one. Somebody say one. one. We're all one. One body. That's it. We're one. The, the complete integration of us as believers is into one. And the accuser's job is to try to get believers to fracture and disintegrate. So it's, it's vital that we, that we act like believers. It's really important. And believers are famous for love. Believers are famous for love. They're, they're not famous for their opinions or their posts or their memes or their whatevers. They're famous for love. 1 John 4, 18, we've all heard it a million times. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts all fear. Amplified, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. The spirit of dread is upon the planet. But in the context of mature love, dread does not exist. Self-check. Why? Because perfect 
complete, full grown up, grown up, mature love extinguishes that. It, it gives a brand new perspective of the love of the Father. And no one is anticipating being punished by the Father. Only loved, only accepted, only nourished, only protected. No one's afraid of being punished. And anyone who is doesn't understand who the Father is. So this is, our, this is our call, this is our mandate, this is our assignment in this time on the planet is that we would demonstrate mature love, that we would demonstrate this fearless love, that we would be a people that other people could look at and say, wow, John 13, 35, those people, belong to Jesus. Because look at how they love each other. How do I get me some of that? Because human beings are designed to thrive on healthy, loving connection. There's, there's just nothing human beings desire more than to be deeply loved. Nobody in their deathbed says, gosh, I wish I would have won one more election. Oh, if I had, could have built one more skyscraper, if I could have made one more billion, if I could have won one more Super Bowl, Oh, nobody, nobody, everybody on their deathbed is looking at the people and hoping for the people and wanting the people that they deeply love. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Why is that so important at the end? Because it's built into our design. It's in you as an infant. You're a brand new infant on this world. You got one job. Bond. That's your job. You got a job as a baby. Bond. There it is. Deepest part of your brain. The thalamus. I won't go into all this stuff. But a little bit I will, but not totally. Because I want you to get, you know, you are incredibly, wonderfully made. You are so specifically designed for love. It's not something we'll get to. It's not something that some people just, it's easier for some people than other people. Did you learn to love? Did you learn how to love? I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna get to that one. It was a hard one. I was making money though, and I was giving it to the orphanages. 
and I started some churches, and, I, and, they, and they burned me on a stake. Not a ribeye, like, but like a, like a, like a, <laughs> wooden stake, you know? I mean, they, uh, I, I gave everything away. I made it all. I gave it all away. Did you learn to love? You keep saying that. I wish you'd kind of give me some credit for some other stuff. <laughs> Did you learn to love? Not really. I had a hard time loving my own kids once they disagreed with me. Once they were rude and disrespectful. I had a hard time loving people I went to church with. I had a, love, I had a hard time loving my neighbor. I had, yeah, I didn't do it very well. I was going to get to it, though. No, no, there is zero excuse to be bad at loving. Zero. You get no credit for anything else that you do. If you didn't learn how to love, how's that? How's that for serious? <laughs> serious, serious. Like, okay, this is the deal. This is the assignment. This is the priority that we learn how to love, that we carry mature love. Now, this is your brain. Not on drugs, <laughs> just your brain. There it is. It looks like your small intestine fell out, but. <laughs> your brain is designed with some key elements to it that I want to quickly go over, but I want, I, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go into the thalamus and the amygdala and the pre- frontal cortex, and I'm not going to do all that. We're just going to, we're going to name them, though. I, I got a bunch of this from a guy named Jim Wilder that is uh, just brilliant, and everybody knows Carolyn Leaf, you know, but check out some of this. It's, it's just fascinating. The scientists have caught the Bible. It's kind of fun, you know? People say, follow the science. I know, the science is following the Bible. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Watch, look, see what's happening. What's happening is that human, humans are designed in, their, in the deepest part of their, of their being to attach, to connect, to bond. Like I said, the, the baby's job one is to bond, to learn to trust, to realize, I mean, Think about it. You, you, when you're a baby, you can't really do anything. You know? You can't even get out of your own mess. You're just kind of pathetically dependent. Right? You can't work. You can't earn your keep. You can't do anything except cause trouble. All you can really do is make it hard for people to want to connect with you. <laughs> You're kind of a pain as a baby. And that's how you got into this whole deal. 
And your job is to find love. Your job is to build trust. And it's so important and so fundamental to who you will become because Jesus points out something interesting. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but he says, you know, if any one of you causes one of these littles to stumble, to, to fail, to bond and attach, it'd be better if you had a big heavy rock tied around your head and throw it into the deep end of the ocean. It's a big deal to God that you mess with a little child's ability to build the capacity to love. And so this design is purposeful, intentional by God so that his love can steer your life and that that love can be experienced by everybody that knows you. It's, a, it's like a, a plan. It's like God planned this out. He said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put this simply to work in the way I design human beings. It's going to be the most terrifying thing that they do is learn to love. But if they learn it, it will chase all that fear away. And so you have, at the very deepest part of your design, the ability and the want to enjoy each other. That's, that's what this whole thing's about. This whole thing is about you enjoying each other. You enjoying your stay on the earth. You found a people that you really enjoyed. And you did a great job with them. It's that simple. There's a problem. The problem is the next part of your brain. The amygdala. The uh, adrenaline drip into your system. It's when you get alarmed, when you get scared, when you get hurt, when you feel threatened. You have to decide some stuff. This, this is where you begin to figure things out about life. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this something I need to run from? Is this something I need to bite? Is this something I need to just endure? What is going on right now? And so this part of your brain is where you form an enemy. If this part of your brain malfunctions, you have way too many enemies to enjoy anybody. And you make a federal case out of it. You justify yourself. You're like, well, people are scary. And I'm going to make my world really small. And I'm only going to enjoy people who enjoy me first. I'll just basically get joy from people and I'll give it back to them. There you go. That's right. There you go. I'll, I'll, you love me, I love you back. You enjoy me, I enjoy you back. Because your assessment center is all jacked up. Chad was talking about earlier. 
You got a jack in your amygdala. You're hijacked. And so you end up super defensive. You end up justifying yourself of creating enemies. Do you remember Jesus said, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you what? Love your enemy. This is where it happens right here. This, this is the place where you are renewed in your mind right here, or you'll get stuck with your jack on. You've been messed with somewhere in your life, and this thing stays on, and it won't let you activate the best part of who you are. And I'm just talking about your marriage. <laughs> we didn't even get to the rest of the people yet. And so this piece, is, it's, it's important, you know. You are supposed to be afraid of some things, like if that's a rattlesnake, be smart, you know, be smart. But love your enemies. Loving your enemies takes a renewed mind. It doesn't happen because you went to a workshop. This next place in your brain helps you identify with other people. It helps you empathize. It helps you synergize. It helps you recognize, oh my gosh, you think that too? Oh my gosh, me too. I thought, I didn't know anybody else thought that. That's amazing. You felt the same thing in that experience? I did too. You like that? I did too. My wife didn't like it. <laughs> I feel closer to you right now. There's a piece of you that begins to sort for other people that have similar experiences or you see yourself in other people. You're like, I got to respect a guy who thinks like me. <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta really respect somebody that uh, is as wise as me. You know, I mean, that's, I can really appreciate that about you. And so this is a vital piece of your brain, and, and this is higher level thinking. You know, there's the core, there's the, there's the protect yourself, and then there is the, hey, who's out there? And then the highest level of, of your functioning is what do you value? I'd die on that mountain too. That's important to me. That's that, you know what? I'll join with you. And you know what we will do is we will band together and we will protect these things about life and about living and about each other. And we will be a people. We will be a tribe. We will be known as the body of Christ. We will be known as belonging to each other. We will be known as a family. And we will unusually protect each other with our love, with our devotion, with our hope, with our joy. We will make it intentional that we enjoy each other. And we will build a community where that's what we protect. We protect enjoying each other. That's who we are. That's, that's what families do. And this is so important because the 
the Lord commands his blessing right here. Where you become a people, where you enjoy a company of folks, and you walk united, unified with those people. And the Lord commands his blessing on that accomplishment. Because it's not easy to do. It's not natural. It's actually what mature love accommodates. Now, the... The repentance that is required for us to build unity and walk in it is what grows you up. It's just it's a perpetual coming back to what I said was so important to me, which is my connection to you. What we what we discovered during COVID, I think, is how weak our relationships were how anemic the body was. And so people were like, I don't care about any of those people. I'm free. I got weekends back. This is awesome. I'm watching football. I'll grab something on YouTube, and I'll be good. I really don't have a people. I'm kind of lost in self-space. What am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do with my time? What am I going to do with my freedom? There's there's nothing to protect. There's no family there. And, And I think it's kind of embarrassing for us. Because a lot of folks just are adrift and and really struggling to build an identity, a tribe. A, a, a piece of the body. But that's our assignment. Our assignment is to find and cultivate a place to connect and then protect that connection. There's a couple things that we're going to have to answer about ourselves in this world because the world is working against you. The, the antichrist spirit, the accuser of the brethren, is working against you in a couple areas. One being the answer to who am I? The, the answer to who, whose am I? And what do we do? How are we as a people? And, and so, who am I? Well, who am I? I'm a plumber. No, I'm a mother. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. No, I'm, I'm Asian. No, I'm what? See, this is the category storm that's going on out there. Let me, let me identify you for you because you failed to do it. I will tell you who you are. And, and you will be so desperate 
to know that you are someone that you'll grab onto one of these categories as they come flying through. Because this massive piece of responsibility as a human being has gone untouched. I didn't secure it. I didn't nail it down. I don't have a ready answer for you when you say, who are, who am I? Well, I, and you can see it in people that don't have this option. They're just floundering. And the enemy is having just a, a heyday with our children. With our children from disintegrating families. We know that we're children of God, that I'm a son, I'm a daughter. There's about a decade worth of identity teaching going on in the church, but you have to understand what it's for. It's to cover a gap that if you don't fill it, it will be found in comfort, in wealth, in ability, in appearance, in position, in status, in likes, in comments. It will be filled because you are trying to get an identity because you don't have a people who say, this is who we are. This is who you are, and you belong right here. If you're from a strong family, you have some of that. You know, you're, you're, you're a Jones. That's who you are. Don't you ever forget that. You'll always be a Jones. A strong family will build that into your identity, is that you belong here. You're part of us. And it will help steer you as you make decisions because you know how we are. And you will make decisions to protect who we are. You won't, you won't allow yourself to violate who we are. And so you, you're a Jones. Don't you ever forget it. You are a child of God. You are a son of a king. You are a daughter of a king. You are royalty, and it's real, and you better believe that. That better be true to you. Is that the first thing that comes up on your, on your grid when you ask, who am I? Because that, that takes some practice, and it will get challenged. Who are my people? The body of Christ. Well, who's that? Well, that's a terrible answer if you're standing in the world today because you're more vulnerable than ever. I remember uh, Bill Johnson used to say, the banana that leaves the bunch gets eaten. And that's truer today than ever. 
that you had better have a community of people where you belong. You can get some help. You can get some help when you need it. You, you can get some truth when you need it. You can do something about the lies that are bouncing around in your head when you need it. That you can talk to somebody when you need to. And you can help somebody. And you, can, you can add your strength to somebody. Because you need to. you got to be part of something greater than yourself. And the simple answer to what do we do is we be like Christ. We be like Christ. We be Christ-like. That's the goal. That's who we are. If heaven, heaven is to be Christ-like. You made it. You're like Christ. You were created in God's image, and boom, you turned out like Christ. Good job. Way to go. Enter in. That's heaven. That's where we, when we get there, we're face-to-face. We see him as he is. We, are, we behold him. We're like him. Boom. The other end of that is hell. Hell is you're not even like a human being. You've been so disintegrated that you don't even look human. And that would be the goal of your enemy is to strip you of your humanity. If you've ever had a family member that got strung out on drugs and you were around them you, and you're like, who are you? What has happened to you? Human beings don't even act like this. It's because they are disintegrating in who they are and that is a living hell. Think about, well, what does it mean to be Christ-like? What does it look like? What does Jesus do? Well, I'm just going to throw a few things up here that I just jotted down. It's like, hey, (laughs) I just want you to take a look at some stuff. Consider some things. I just jotted them down like, okay, there's more, okay? But I want you to look at this list and realize, okay, the areas that are the most challenging for us are the areas of where we got to grow. Not avoid, not, not build some theology that that's not really that important. It's, it's just, it's just a, a, a being Christ-like is our target. That, that's, that's, that's what we're supposed to be looking at and changing everything that doesn't look like Jesus. That's what we're doing. Now, I understand religion is wicked and, and shameful and, and makes us afraid of making a mistake. Got it. That's why you need a community of people that you enjoy. So you can get some feedback so that you can Move together as a unit. Don't go join some group of people you don't like. That would be, that's the worst idea you could do. 
wow, I guess I go to a church and hate them all. <laughs> and I uh, just can't stand what the preacher says, and I just feel terrible the whole time I'm there. And every time I get around them, I just want to leave. Well, how dumb are you? <laughs> so maybe you're not a kidney, you know? Maybe you're an ear. So quit trying to be a kidney. Be an ear. But you're part of the body. Find your people. Find your tribe. Yeah. You know, when, when, the, when, when the liver says, I hate the liver. I hate the liver. The liver should be more charismatic. Should, should, be, should have more face time than it gets. Nobody says, look at the liver on that guy. <laughs> right, right. Well, you probably shouldn't be in the liver, but please don't attack the liver because when the body attacks itself, that's an autoimmune disease, right? That's, that's a disease. Keep looking. You didn't find your body. You didn't find yourself yet. You didn't find your people. You didn't find your tribe. Do not join a group of people and then try to turn them into what you think they ought to be. Let them be. They're, they're all different. It's all over the place. They, this, this is the craziness that goes on in social media. You, we should all be the toe. No. No, you should be the toe. And let's stick you in a boot. <laughs> Find your people. But this is the goal. The goal is Jesus. No matter where you are, what you are, the goal is to be Christ-like. Now, Jesus, I mean, it's, I, I put confrontative up there because... I. I, my spell check wouldn't let me write confrontive, which is what I kept trying to say, but confrontative. So apparently, that's the word I've been mispronunciating all this time. Confrontive. Jesus was confrontive, amen? I'm trying to think of where he complied. I can't think of any place that Jesus complied. And he was so good at being confrontive that they killed him. They killed him. Did you catch that? He's like three years into his church plant. <laughs> and they killed him. I mean, he's, he's, he's telling the, the establishment of his day the truth. And they just couldn't handle the truth. Because the children of the liar don't want to hear the truth. Don't want to hear the truth. And, and, that, and so you, 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 if you're not willing to be confrontive, then repent, adjust. You know, self-controlled. Jesus was self-controlled, meaning that he wasn't trying to control everybody else. He wasn't trying to tell everybody else, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to be, you got to, I'm going to punish you if you don't. It's like, you know what? He's, he's saying, follow me. He said, follow me. Let me tell you the truth, though. This is, this is how you can tell that a tree is healthy. I don't know what you're going to do with you, but here's what this looks like. Follow me. Follow me. And, and, it, it's just kind of crazy how 
powerful follow me is. Follow me. Not do what I say or I'll punish you. Because we picked up that message. Be like me or I'll punish you until you do. And I'll be famous for my threats, not famous for my love. I mean, for a very long time, that was the the gospel. Famous for our threats. Famous for our judgments. And the last one there, mature. Mature is fearless. I'm just going to keep coming back to that. That we are able and willing to be fearless in our truth, in our trust, our trustworthiness, our bonding, our connection, our protecting of each other, our truth-telling with each other. Not my judgments. I, I met with the ministry team leaders earlier today, and we talked a lot about this, but I don't have time to talk about all this, so talk to them. Listen to them. They got some really great stuff for you. I just want you to know that mature love casts out fear. Mature lovers are fearless lovers. And that's Christ-like. That's, that's Christ-like. That's the, the people of God. That's the body of Christ. Is that we've, we've brought into our practice, we've brought into our community a willingness to hang on to each other as we move. And we work through stuff. We work it through like a family does. Anybody here have adult children? Good Lord, Huh? Like, what is that? Did somebody say this was going to get easier? It's harder than it's ever been. Why? Because these people do whatever they want. But this is what family does. This, this, Being a parent of an adult child grows you up. Or you lose the relationship. Because these people don't have to come over. They have their own food. They don't even have to come over anymore. You grow up and mature in love or you don't see your kids. Family will demand things from you that you did not know was in there. I did not know I could love like this. I mean, that happens when you have them, right? And they're pooping on you and crying all night. You're like, I love you so much. I love you so much. Like, what is the matter with me? I don't, what is happening to me? What has this little person done to me? It's like, oh, brace yourself. Brace yourself. They're going to transform you. 
That's right. That's what love, that's what maturing love does, is it transforms you. It's, and it's all about the joy. It's all about getting to the joy. And here is, here's what you're after. Here, this, this, I mean, I'm, just, I'm spilling it right here. You're, you're, how fast can you get back to the joy? Whatever's happened, whatever tragedy, whatever disagreement, whatever argument, whatever pain, injury has happened, mature love gets you back to the joy. You are going to get back to the priority of our bond as fast as you can. You experience this out here with your people. It's real, but mature love gets back to the joy as fast as it possibly can. It doesn't mean that you don't hurt or you don't feel or you don't grieve or any of that. It doesn't mean that, but... The distance between what has happened and you returning to the joy of the Lord is a measurement of your maturity. I'll put this back up here one more time, but this time I got some scriptures. You're welcome. Okay, just help you out. Paul tells us, he tells the Philippians, he says, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoy. Joy again. Joy again. And, and again I say joy again. And be anxious for nothing. But in all things. Through prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Who cares about you? And then he goes on and he says, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, whatever things, he's trying to get you to camp in joy. James says, consider it all when you face various You got to get back to the joy. You got to understand that the joy is the place where you remember, A, how much he loves you and how much you love him, and then your assignment. Your assignment is to love well. That's basically it. That's basically it. You have no other job on this planet but to love well. So all the other stuff you give yourself credit for, stop it. Stop it. Go back and make sure that you're loving well, that you're getting back to the bond, the connection, the wholeness, the integration, body, soul, and spirit, that you are, that you are bonded in his love, that you remember who you are. I am a child of the king. I'm part of the body of Christ. And this is what we do. We are Christ-like. Bam! Starting point. How fast did you get back to the starting point when you got knocked off your pony? 
Because we all do. We all get knocked off our donkey, don't we? We do. And, and, and when you get knocked off your donkey, there's Jesus. And he's basically saying, rejoice. Joy again. Get back to the joy. Okay, follow me. Here we go. What would you learn? All right, we got some blood right here. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Okay, it's going to be fine. All right. Because we're, we're, we're getting to a place of experience, a transformation when we get scared. That amygdala kicks on and Romans 12 don't be conformed to this world. Don't do it the way the world does it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Be transformed so that you have another option besides protect yourself all the time. Find ways to justify defending yourself from the enjoying people. I mean... How many of you know people who say, I just really don't enjoy people very much. I just don't really, I just, you know, I just rather not. You know, if I could, I'd just rather not. I just like to be by myself. I just love myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we build a whole identity around, I'm just not a very social person, you know. I don't really like people very much. I'm not going to go to Thanksgiving this year. I don't really like those people. I'd like to make it known. Oh, who does that? Who does that? I'm not going to Thanksgiving. I'm not, yeah, family's getting together. I'm not, yeah, not me. Well, you're not the famous for love person in our family, that's for sure. No, you're, you're, the, you're the selfish, grumpy one. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay, they will know we belong to Jesus because we love each other. Obviously, we don't have to all be extroverts, life of the party, but you got to be famous for your love. You got to be famous for your love. That's, that is what we're doing. And there's, you know, there's, there's lots of extroverts that are not enjoyable. <laughs> A lot of really social people are not enjoyable. So it's not a given that just because you have that particular that you're nailing it. Nope, y'all got family members racing through your mind right now. <laughs> Congregational members. Okay, shameless plug. Here it goes, all right? How do, we, how do we do this? How do we grow in maturity, and how do we grow in this brain thing? Well, keep your love on. Kylo Show podcast. Listen to it. But you'll hear us, if you ever listen to it, you'll hear us say these five things over and over and over. You got to be a powerful person. 
you got to be a powerful person. you got to manage you. you got to tell yourself what to do, and you'll do it. you got to quit blaming your life on other people. It's not somebody else's fault that you are doing what you're doing, feeling what you're feeling, thinking what you're thinking, living like you're living. It's not somebody else's fault. It's yours. Stop it. Be powerful. Accept responsibility. Choose. Choose. You're not a victim. There are no bad guys. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Get out of the bad guy cycle. Stop it. You got to choose love. You got to choose it. Powerful people can choose. Powerful people can be free because they can choose. If you don't have a choice, you can't be free. Powerful people can be free, can love, can be responsible. Everybody's leaving. I just lost your mom. She'll be back. You got to choose love because what you normally, what you would choose is fear. You would choose to protect yourself. You, you, you've got to, as a powerful person, choose love over fear. You got to win that war, and it's, and it's literally a war. You make connection your goal. It's my goal to connect with my people, with my tribe, with my community. It's my goal. It's my goal when we disagree. It's my goal when I feel hurt. It's my goal. I'll keep putting myself back in the game. It's my goal in my marriage. It's my goal with my teenager. It's my goal with my adult child. My goal is connection. It changes the way you communicate. It changes your own anxiety level. And you're going to learn to communicate in such a way that does drive fear down and increases I love you very much messages because your goal is connection. And you're going to honor healthy boundaries. You're going to have boundaries yourself and you're going to honor the boundaries of other people. This is how you mature in love. This, this would be five easy steps on how you get back to joy quickly. Starts with be powerful. Yes, this has happened. Yes, this is tragic. Yes, this is a struggle. Yes, this was unplanned. Yes, I feel like a victim. Yes. I get back to connection is my goal. Love is my goal. Fear is my enemy, not you. That is, that is my maturing in love that chases away fear is I get back to my choice of love that extinguishes fear, both in me and around me. Jesus was maybe the perfect victim. I mean, if we're going to make a case that there are victims, Jesus would be the one. 
perfect guy, perfect guy that was publicly tortured to death. Wow. I mean, I know you've had a bad day. You know, but you've not been crucified. Okay, and, and sometimes we use that language, oh, I just feel like I've been crucified. Nope, not even close. <laughs> nope, you weren't crucified. You had a rough day. That was a tough conversation. That was a lousy experience. But you weren't crucified. Jesus was crucified. And, and in doing so, he does not end up with enemies, which is amazing. The perfect victim does not end up with a bad guy. The perfect victim did not have a bad guy. You got to get this. You got to get this. I mean, we pick up bad guys on social media. We pick up bad guys because they disagree with us. Jesus was tortured to death unjustly, and he doesn't have a bad guy. He gets back to joy, hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross, dying, and gets back to love. He gets back to connectedness, bonding. I'm a son. I belong to a people. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. While he's hanging there, that's mature love. That's mature love. That's the kind of love that chases away fear. That's our target. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, let's stand together. That's all I wanted to say. Took me forever to say it, but as we as we move from here to there, I, I, I want you to take that with you because there's a bunch of folks that are that are looking for you right now. They're looking for their tribe, they're looking for their people. They're looking for an identity that is not fashioned by the accuser of the brethren. They're looking for authentic relationships, authentic love. They're, they're looking for people who know how to be vulnerable, are willing to be vulnerable, but not stupid. They're not naive. They're not immature. They're self-controlled. They choose each other. They're not stuck together. They choose each other. This, this place called Bethel Austin is, like Sherry said, a very unique place, very beautiful place. 
I mean, what, what happens here is very special. It's very special. I, I don't know if you realize that. But this is a very, very special place. So when people get here, they're, they're, they're bringing a different culture with them. They're accustomed to something other than what you're living in. And this is just going to get clearer and clearer and clearer to you. We had a great meeting before this meeting. And I'm, 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 it was an impartation. It was just a time of impartation. I didn't say Shaba enough, but it was a time <laughs> of impartation. Which means that, 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 it's, that it's in your leaders and it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bear much fruit. So put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, please come in power and saturate our lives. And Lord, we do pray that we would be renewed in our minds, that we would not be conformed to the patterns of this world, that we would not simply follow, but we would lead, that we we would lead others to Christ-likeness, that we would lead others to maturity, that we would embrace repentance adjustment and growth in our most immediate relationships first. And I know, I know there's struggles in this room. I know that there are people who are struggling with, with family. And I want you to just pick up the anointing that's here right now, the option that you have right now to repent and get back to the joy. Get back to the joy and remember that you are a child of the king, that you belong to a people, that you are part of building this amazing story. So Lord, I ask for courage, supernatural courage for people to love. for people to forgive, and for people to tell the truth to one another in love. And I do pray, John 13, over everyone in here, that when people look at you, they will say, wow, these people belong to Jesus. Look at how they love one another. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.